0: Chapter number 10, verse number 1 through to 9, we are concluding what I started last week, turned into another man, hallelujah, hallelujah, all right, then Samuel took a flax of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him saying, has the Lord Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over uh, over his inheritance? When when you leave today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb, Azelza, on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found, and now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do about my son? You will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Taboah. Three men will be going to worship God at Bethel. They will meet you there. One of them will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. And they will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, and you will accept them. After you... After that, you go to Gilbert, this of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyre, timbrel, pipes, harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them and you shall be changed into a different person or you'll be turned into another man if you are reading the king james version hallelujah once these times are fulfilled do whatever your hands your hand finds to do for god is with you go down ahead of me to gilgal and i will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings but you must wait Seven days till I come to you and tell you what you are to do. As Saul turned to leave, Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, breathe your breath of God upon this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I started last week by saying that Christianity is a relationship of change or transformation. Christianity without transformation is no Christianity. Hallelujah. Because when we meet God, the Bible says that if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become what? New. Amen. So, a religion or a, a, a relationship with God without transformation is not a relationship. Hallelujah. If we look at Christianity as a marriage relationship, because that's what the Bible says, that we are the bride of Christ. So, it's a marriage relationship. You can never be married and remain the same. When you are married, you become a wife. You are a a single lady, but as soon as you get married, you become a wife. You are a boy, a boyfriend. When you marry, you become a husband. Are you with me? So, something ought to change. If something doesn't change in the relationship, then there is something wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when we get born again, God takes away the spirit, the heart of stone in our hearts. In Ezekiel 36, he says, that I'll take the heart of stone from your heart and I'll put into, your, into you a spirit of flesh. The spirit that is now malleable. The spirit that now can be turned. Which means that before you meet Christ, your spirit is not easily turned. Am I making sense? But once you become born again, God gives you a spirit that now can be turned. But your life is still the same. You are still the same. Now we are going to be transformed gradually for the outward and the outside to to meet what has taken place in the inside. I don't know whether I'm taking my time to set so you understand. That transformation is a continual and a progressive thing as a Christian. You have to be changing all the time. You have to be transformed all the time. And the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. There again, transformed. Transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. So your mind is going to be transformed. Your, Your life is going to be transformed when your mind is renewed. And what the Bible is saying or what the, 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 the God gives us or God teaches us as we relate with him is to challenge our thinking, to remove our old thought pattern, to put into us a new thought pattern. Am I making sense? So that as you start thinking differently, your behavior begins to change and things become different and better. And people will look at you and say, wow, something has changed in this guy. Hallelujah. We started last week on the journey to transformation. And I said to you, we used Saul as the prototype for our transformation. And I said to you that something sets the transformation ball rolling. Crisis will set your transformation ball rolling. For most people, we come to Christ when we have had a challenge, when something has gone wrong. How many understand what I'm saying? Somebody broke your heart or something happened and then you found Christ. In the, in the story where we, we read in uh, First Samuel chapter 9, there were missing donkeys and uh, Kish, the father of Saul, sent his son, go and look for the missing donkeys. And they set him on the journey. What Saul didn't know was that Israel had requested for a king. And God had decided, okay, if you want a king, I'm going to give you a king. He didn't know that he had been chosen by God to be the king. He was on his mission to look for his father's missing donkeys. Most of us are on a mission for something, chasing missing donkeys. We are chasing a missing career. We are chasing missing money. We, we, we spoke to a, a brother we haven't spoken to for the last, uh, how many years? years? About 15, 20 years. This guy was a church member. No, more than 20 years. Two, 20, 2020. We are in 2020. Three. 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 2001. 2001. Yeah. So 20 years, yeah. yeah. We haven't seen this guy for 20 years. And he used to be a church member and disappeared. And for some reason yesterday we he was found, we, he was found on the phone. like, "Wow, where have you been? What is wrong? What, what's happened to you?" They said, "Ah, pastor, pastor. Pastor, we have been chasing money." We are still chasing money. So, Pastor Gloria asked, have you found the money? He said the money is not coming, but we are still chasing it. After 20 years. You are chasing the money and you still haven't got it. At the point, something... So, Pastor Gloria said, at the point, stop chasing the money. The money will start chasing you. (laughs) Hallelujah. But, But, you see, the quest to chase money is the beginning of your search or your quest of of God finding you. Am I making sense? This guy was chasing missing donkeys and the missing donkeys led him to a man of God. Remember last I said that for a turnaround to happen, there's a quest. Then there is a man of God. If you don't encounter a man of God, your transformation hasn't started. Hallelujah. Every one of us must identify a man of God. Somebody who can speak into your life. Somebody who can tell you something. Somebody who can give you a reason to change. I said to you last week that without a teacher, you are not going to become a lawyer. You are not going to become a doctor. You are not going to become a nurse. You are not going to become anything you want to become as a career. You need a tutor. You need a teacher. In the same way, in the house of God, the things of God, we need a pastor. Never ever be without a pastor. And when I say a pastor, don't just say, oh, this is my pastor and the person doesn't know you. Are you with me? Never say that this is my pastor and the person doesn't speak into your life. You must have somebody who is a pastor who can tell you something. Hallelujah. He, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Amen. And we went on, I think I gave you how many things? You must hear God. And then another thing that will happen is that you will be distracted. Amen. Distraction is also one of the things that you will have to encounter. Beware of it. If you want to be transformed, make sure that you don't allow people or things to distract you. Most of the time, Satan doesn't want you to be transformed. So he sets people in your way to distract you. Hallelujah. It could be a situation. It could be a job. It could be a person. It could be a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Do you understand what I'm saying? It could be that somebody will put an interest. Oh, Sunday we have to go and play golf in the morning. Or we have to go and play football. You know, you want to become a footballer. Sunday is the best time for us to go and play football. If these are all distractions towards your transformation. Yep. Hallelujah. So make sure that you are not distract, distracted. And then we went on. Get to know the heart of God. And he says that I know the plans that I have towards you. They are plans of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. God has an expected end for you. And his plans for you are better than the plans you have for yourself. So trust God. Hallelujah. Trust God in the process and let God transform you to become what he has destined for you to become. Hallelujah. And was that the last one? All right. So we are going to go to chapter 10 verse 1. Chapter 10 verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? I can read from far, but not from close. I don't know why. Whatever. (laughs) Hallelujah. He poured the anointing oil upon him. You know, the anointing is very important in transformation. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus said something, that the Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted because of the anointing. When I encounter somebody who is broken hearted, by the time I finish with the person, the person's heart is now okay. When I encounter somebody who is poor, by the time I have finished with him, his poverty uh, level has been transformed. Hallelujah. He has anointed me to heal. Go on, next verse. To proclaim Liberty to the captive because of the anointing. When I encounter somebody who is under bondage, somebody who is oppressed, somebody who's addicted because of the anointing, the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing lifts the burden. The anointing makes the difference. So the beginning of transformation is the anointing. Hallelujah. When you encounter the anointing, your life will never be the same. That is why you must never ever look at the man of God as a mere man. The reason why sometimes we encounter somebody who is a great man of God and still don't get affected by his anointing or ministry is because we don't respect or regard anointing on the person. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Jesus went to his own home country. And as he began to minister there, the people looked at him. Is this not a carpenter? Is this not a carpenter's son? Is this not Mary's son? In those days, when somebody describes you as the son of a, a woman, it means you're a bastard. Because every, the culture was such that you are called by the son of your father. But for Jesus, they say, is this not Mary's son? Which means that his paternity is in question. We don't know who his father is. We remember the story that the mother gave a cock and bull story. said that some holy ghost that we don't know overshadowed her. And uh, the spirit of the highest came upon her. And now she's pregnant. What, what kind of story is this? God, we are very sure that his, her husband, uh, Joseph, did not sleep with her before she gave birth. So, who is responsible for that pregnancy? Don't we know you? We know you. You are that bastard. The Bible says, for there he could do no great miracles save to lay hands on a few folk, sick folk. The reason is because if you don't respect the anointing, you can never be fully transformed. Hallelujah. the the person's anointing will never transform. That is why for most of us when we hear a great man of God is coming we go and we see miracles. It's because the person is so far from you and you have such a great expectation of the person that it works. But the one who is close to you, the one who shares jokes with you, the one you eat with, the one who is always by you, the anointing that is upon that person doesn't normally work for you. Hallelujah. The reason why I don't bother doing a lot of things in my own church, but I'll do it somewhere else, is because I know that familiarity breeds content. That's what they say, isn't it? Familiarity makes people don't accept some things from you. Are you, are you, that's why occasionally we invite somebody else to come to help you. Are, Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why okay, I'll go somewhere to help somebody, somebody's congregation because the, the gift of God on the person is not recognized most of the time. He came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become, to be transformed. the power to be transformed. Most people don't receive The people who are their own. I don't know whether you are, are you getting what I'm saying? So the first thing that Samuel did and the first thing that Saul had to also encounter was the oil on the prophet Samuel's life. And to be able to respect that oil, he, he anointed him and said, has the Lord not taken you as the king of Israel? on who has the favor of god this is not you if it was somebody who was rejecting souls and someone's anointed say what do you mean i came looking for donkeys you are talking about kinship are you have, you have you eaten this morning are you okay this morning and that's what some of us do sometimes when the pastor is preaching you have a certain mindset why is he saying this? He's saying this because he's saying that because, and that alone precludes you from receiving the anointing. Uh, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. So you need to respect the oil on the grace or the grace on the man who God is going to use to transform you. The teachers that we respected and we thought knew the subject were the teachers or the subjects we did well. The teachers of the subject that we thought didn't know what they are doing is a subject that we didn't do very well in. How many understand what I'm saying? That geography teacher that you didn't like, his, his, his language was not proper. He was always making grammatical errors full of mistakes. And he's trying to teach. And when he goes to the class, you're all laughing at him because he's like, as he's teaching, he gets confused. Oh, wow. Do you have a teacher like that? Yes, yes. I had a teacher who teaches mathematics. So you write, you do the compliment, and he'll be standing there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, then the whole class like, <laughs> We're waiting to see how long it it's him to find X. X, <laughs> X has gone. <laughs> they, said, they said, It looks like I saw X in the dormitory side. <laughs> How can you do well in a subject that you feel the teacher is not good at? Hallelujah. The teachers will respect and thought that they were very good. They will teach us and we will just have a certain mind for the the subject. And when we write the exam, we do well. Are you with me? So from today, lift your your. Expectation and lift your regard to your man of God so that you can be transformed by his ministry. Nah, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying because without that, you will not be transformed very much, and you blame the teacher because the same teacher that you were despising, somebody sat in the class and got A, that same place, and you sat there and you failed. Because the person's regard for the teacher was not the same as yours. Hallelujah. Verse 2. When he had departed from, when you depart from me, now, now the prophet is prophesying. Say that when you depart from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you were you went out to look for have been found. And now your father is he's caring for the donkeys and is worried about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Distractions. Don't be distracted. Hallelujah. Don't be distracted. So you see, the first thing that the, the prophet did was to remove that anxiety that Saul had because sometimes we come to the house of God. The reason why we are not transformed because we have so many things on our minds. Are you with me? You are worried about your immigration. You are worried about your bills. You are worried about your debt. The the thing that the pastor is saying is very powerful but it's like you don't understand my my problems. My problems are bigger than you are preaching. You know so the first thing the prophet that is that Remove the person's problem so that now we can settle. Because now that you know that the donkeys have been found and you know that your your father is not worried about the donkeys anymore and he's worried about you and you know you are safe. So you definitely will return. So there is no issue in that area. Now we can get down to business. Hallelujah. So we go on. Next verse. Then you shall go... on forward from there and come to the tabernacle three at, of Telboa, and there you will see what? There will be three men going up to God at Bethel. They will meet you. Hallelujah. Let's stop here. There, three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. Amen. Transformation starts from the house of God. We know from Genesis 28 that um, Jacob slept in Bethel in the night and had a dream, had a vision of a ladder. Remember that one? Going up and down, and he saw angels ascending and descending. And when he woke up in the morning, he said, Surely the Lord was here in this place, and I did not know it. And then he went and said, I will. He took some stones that he had used for a pillow and poured oil and said, surely this is the house of the Lord. Then he made a vow there that if the Lord will be with me and protect me in this journey that I'm going and bring me back, then he will be my God. And this place, somebody say this place, this place will be the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, until you have respect for the house of God, transformation will not start for you. I don't know where I said a very very important thing. I don't know whether you understood it. If you don't revere the house of God, and you don't exalt it, it will not really make a difference in your life. Hallelujah. You need to have a certain reverence for the house of God. You need to have a certain respect and regard. You need to be present at the house of God all the time. Some of us, we have contempt for the house of God. That is why you are not here all the time. You rather stay at home to do spring cleaning than be in the house of God when you need to be in the house of God. You would rather, rather watch online than be here. But believe you me, Online watching and being here are two different things. Hallelujah. And in, in Hebrews ten twenty five, 25, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of, of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. Do not neglect the assembling of ourselves. Do not neglect your being present in the house of the Lord. Make it part of your daily or weekly activity. You know the Jews will go to the synagogue three times a day. They will go to the synagogue three times every day. The Muslims Will visit the mosque three times. They'll go to the the the. I, I was driving. I was driving on Friday evening, around nine o'clock, and I saw them. There's a new. They've opened a new mosque on my way home, and I saw the mosque open f- nine p.m. and people were inside. They had come at. Six to, they, they do three o'clock. Three, six, and then nine. And I was thinking, how many of us make the house of God a religion? We have to be part of it. It doesn't matter what it is. We'll close shop and be here. We'll leave the office and be here. We'll leave, we'll go. The other day, I went to the shop with my wife. And just about the time we're leaving, this man who had come to buy clothes and when it was the time 12 o'clock or something he moved to one corner and he put a mat on a shop that doesn't belong to him and he put a mat there he put his his, his jacket or something there and he he started playing city center. I was happy that I was not alone. So, I pointed and said, have you seen? Look, 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 look at this man. In somebody's shop. Somebody's posh shop. Not a cheap shop. A posh shop. He had gone to one corner of the shop. I think the second floor. And he had put his his, his mat down. And he was praying. And nobody went to him to say, what are you doing? Everybody was walking up and down. They had left the place. See, when you show us your faith, we respect it. The reason why we don't respect your faith is because you yourself, you don't respect your faith. The reason why your boss will not give you time off on a Sunday is because you yourself, you don't respect it. You don't even want it. You are looking for excuse. So I I, am a Christian. No, you can't. No, you have to come to work on. Okay, no worries. But you need to be at battle if you want your transformation experience to be complete. You can't do it elsewhere. You have to be in the house of the Lord. Just as your transformation experience from a student to a, a a professional cannot be done outside the classroom. So can your transformation not be complete outside the church? Mm, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You want to be a medical doctor, but you don't want to go to the lab. You say I don't like the smell in the lab. Would you become a medical doctor? <laughs> Oh, praise. (laughs) You become a native native doctor. (laughs) Hallelujah. Even a native doctor, you have to be at a certain place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? So, you cannot, you cannot exclude the house of God in your transformation. Hallelujah. It is it is not an accident that the prophet Samuel said that, I, no, prophet Samuel, you are talking to me here. Why are you telling me to go to the house of the Lord? After all, when I go to the house of the Lord, who am I going to see? Is it not you? No, whatever you want to do with my transformation, do it here. Here is as good as there. Why are you telling me to go there and wait for you? And you the same person who will come here and bless me for me to be transformed. No, you can't, can't do it here. There's a reason why we must go. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. There's a reason. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he would do what? Teach us what? his ways. God is going to teach us his ways in the house of Jacob. That is better. Anytime you see house of Jacob is where Jacob said this place will be the house of God. Are you with me? And that is better. And there he will teach us his ways and next one. Let's finish the the verse. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And we shall walk in his what? Path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So out of the house of God shall go forth his word. Remember transformation starts by the renewing of your mind. And so the word has to be preached. And that place is where we preach the word for you to hear and to challenge your thinking for you to be transformed. Hallelujah. So it is important that we do it in better. Let's go back to the scripture. Are you learning something? Go back to First Samuel ten. Quickly, sir. Where are we? Then. Okay. So you meet at Bethel. Then one, go on. One will be carrying three young goats. Another will be carrying three loaves of bread. And another will be carrying a skein of wine. Now, it's tricky here. Very tricky. Now, there's a school of thought by a a renowned somebody. Who says, I want to quote what he said. He said that he doesn't think that it was three, three young goats, but it was actually one. Uh, What's the guy's name? <laughs> All right. Okay. Was it Pasakurian that said it? Okay, let's say it was Pasakrian. <laughs> eh? It was Josephus, I think. I think the guy is just called Josephus. Now Josephus says that he thinks that 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 scripture is wrong. It's supposed to be three young goats. Like one young goat, because it's not easy to carry three young goats. Three of them. That's his analysis. Whether there were three young goats or two young goats or one young goat. The goat is the lamb that represents sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood there's no remission for our sins. Without sacrifice transformation can never ever happen. Because for you to be transformed, you have to sacrifice who you are now to become. Anyone that comes to me and does not take up his cross and follow me is not fit for my kingdom. You have to deny yourself, take up the cross And follow me, hallelujah. The cross is not a fashion accessory. The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Hallelujah. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I go there no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. Now, how can you get to the place where the things you used to do, you do them no more? You have to come to the place of sacrifice. You have to sacrifice those things. It's amazing that there were three men. Right? Because the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Those three people engage in your transformation. You can never be transformed without God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One of the three will give you sacrifice. Jesus says that If you want to follow me, you have to carry your cross. So, Jesus comes with what? Sacrifice. So, Bible scholars say that that first one was Jesus who says, take that, take your young goat, the lamb. We are going to sacrifice. Because when we go to Bethel, there is sacrifice that we have to make there, hallelujah you've got to sacrifice you see anytime you come to God and to want to walk with God in the Old Testament you have to be circumcised the circumcision is the cutting of the foreskin which is a very painful uh, the place has gone quiet the room has gone quiet already Uh, anytime From Abraham says that circumcise because I want to have a relationship with you. I cannot deal with you with your sins that you are carrying. So, chop off certain things. And the foreskin is very, very sensitive part of you. So, when you cut it, it means something dear and near to you will have to be chopped so that now you can walk with me. Hallelujah. And so, you cannot... Have good transformation without sacrificing something near and dear. You have to sacrifice your friends. Have you not realized that the reason why you can't be changed is because of the people you work with. You are still working with the friends and you want to be transformed. It will never happen. If you don't change, you don't cut the people, you don't cut the things, you don't cut the places, you don't cut the, the things that you like so much. If you don't circumcise them, you cannot be transformed. Hallelujah. Transformation, real transformation starts with sacrifice and circumcision. Cutting off something near and dear. You have to take your the goat and put it on there. On the fire. See the blood come out. Then you, are, you mean business. God, God will not even touch you with, with his anointing and God will not use you if you are not prepared to circumcise. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, Paul now says that circum- circumcise your heart and not your flesh. Because people think that it becomes a religious activity. I'm sacrificing, I'm circumcising so that i become a whole. No, 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 no. It oh is God. not that. Your heart is what needs to be circumcised. Hallelujah. Preaching. If that thing is cheeky, you can say, mm. Mm. Yes. it's okay. Hallelujah. It is very important for us to learn how to chop off what God wants to chop off from us. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, I think verse 1, is the, it puts it very, very succinctly. I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God that you present your body a living what sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? The class one of your walk with God. Your very basic step in your walk with God is living, continuous, breathing sacrifice. Hallelujah. You must learn how to put it there. Some of us, we can give God everything, but not what pains us. We can give him our haircut. We can give him our shirt. But when he's foreskin, the most sensitive part of me no. hallelujah. He wants a living, breathing, continual sacrifice which is a reasonable service. And then let's go back. Let's go back quickly because my time. I want to finish this today. Then from there, you will, They will greet you and give you what? Two loaves. The bread of life. The bread of the word. The word of God is the bread of God. Hallelujah. And he will give you two testaments. The Old and the New testament. He won't give you three. He will give you two. Hallelujah. Which means that you need both words. A lot of people... It said, I want to be a, a new testament believer, so you never read the old testament. You just you want one bread. No, you don't need one bread, you need two breads, hallelujah. Both bread. There are some people that ask for me, I only do the old testament. No, you need both. Hallelujah. It says that they will give you what two loaves which you shall receive from their hand. And then go on quickly my time. I can spend a camp meeting on this alone. After you shall come to the hill. No, no, no. Go on. I haven't finished. uh, There's another one. It's after the, the loaf. There's the wine as well. Three young goats. They're carrying the bread. And another carrying what? The skin of wine. Go on. They will greet you and give you two loaves in your hands. Yeah? After you shall come to the hill where the garrison is and it will happen that when you have come, go on quickly, when I come there to the city that you will, will, you meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a string, of instruments, tambourine, flute, harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Hallelujah. It means that when you come to the house of God, you meet people who are praised and worshiping, and you must join in. A lot of us, we come to the house of God, but we become spectators. We don't join in, we want to see who is doing what. You know, when you go to the the, the party, you are the first one to jump on the dance floor, and you'll be dancing away and dancing, and you are not uh, shy, you are not inhibited in any way, you are happy, you dance, but you come to the house of God, all of a sudden you become very important, and you can't move, you become like a statue. You know, you are there watching, and as the people are dancing, what it doesn't take all this. Why are they so excited? Why are they dancing like that? No, no, no. You need to join in the dancing, you need to join in the tambourine, you need to join in the fluting, you need to join in the prophesying because your transformation must take place when you participate. Not to spectate, but participate. Hallelujah. He says that you will see them prophesying and you also what? Go on, next verse. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them. Hallelujah. You need to learn to prophesy with them when they are prophesying. Sing with them when they are singing. Uh, Pray with them when they are praying. Worship with them when they are worshiping. And then the Spirit of God will come upon you. Hallelujah. Because you have to be shaped into a certain bottle. That's right. We're talking about it on Wednesday that God will not pour Coca-Cola in wine bottles because Coca-Cola has a certain shape. So when you see it, and a certain color, you assume it is, isn't it? And then, because the shape of the butt vessel and the color in the vessel just tells you that this is what it is. In the same way, you cannot be shaped differently and receive that Coca-Cola in you. So you have to be transformed. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't be stiff, feeling good about yourself, feeling very important, and expect God to move in you, in a certain way. Hello. Hi. Are you are you are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't be too important in the house of God. I know you have a lot of degrees. You are hotter than a the thermometer. I know that. I know you are Doctor uh, Senior, whatever, whatever, whatever you are. I know what that you have all those nomenclatures. But the house of God, put everything aside. Hallelujah learn to put everything aside and worship when they are worshiping, sing when they are singing, dance when they are dancing, pray when they are praying because you give the spirit of God the time, the power and the uh, environment to fill you and transform you to become that which he wants you to become. So he said, "He, you see them holding." Tam- I was wondering, why do they have to describe tambourine, harp, flute, and singing to us? We assume that when you go to the house of God, that's what happens there, isn't it? It's a good assumption, but there's nothing that is uh, written just for the sake of writing in their Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says that when they are holding the harp, you to hold the harp. When they are holding the tambourine, you to grab the tambourine. When they are playing, you to play it. When they are dancing, you to dance. When they are worshipping, you to worship. Flow with it. So that the Lord can flow through you. Hallelujah. If you flow, then the Lord can flow through you. If you don't flow, the Lord cannot flow through you. Am I making sense? Yes. Let's go on to the next verse. And let it be, when these signs come upon you, that you, that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. Hallelujah. Sometimes we stop ourselves from flowing to a certain level. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes, like, you come to the. Have you ever been to church? You started dancing, look like a spirit took over you. And now the dancing was not you. Or you started praying, and the spirit took over you, and now the praying was not you. But you see, some people, when that thing takes over, they don't allow that, that. Because, like, I don't want to embarrass myself. No, no, no. You want to take yourself out of that place. Because when you do that, you negate transformation. Hallelujah. Allow yourself to be taken over by the spirit. And as the occasion demands, go with the flow. If you have to fall on the floor, don't catch yourself. You know, I know some people that like, pray, let's see whether you get me down today. I'm not interested in getting you down. No. What I want is God's transforming power to come over you but go with the flow so that when you don't resist then God can flow through you. So someone was saying that when you see these signs don't fight it. Allow the flow. Allow yourself to go with it because it is me. I'll be working through you. Remember this soul guy was not very very relatable with God. He was not a very spiritual person. Now, God wants to turn him into a prophet and a king. Because in those days, when you, you can never be a prophet without being a king. You can never be a king without being a prophet and a priest. You have to be a priest, a prophet, and then you can become a king. So, this is a guy who is not very spiritual. Now, God has to turn this guy into a spiritual person so that he becomes a priest and a prophet before he can become a king. So when you see these things happening to you, don't fight it. Don't resist it. Go with the flow so that I can finish my prophetic school with you. I can finish my priestly school with you. Then I can finish my kinship school with you. Hallelujah. Remember, Israel had never seen a king before. So they didn't know how kings ought to behave. So God had to teach Saul. He had never been a priest before. I don't even know how many times he had gone to church. He's not a church type of person. But you see, you don't have to be a church person to be transformed. God can touch you wherever you are. But when you see the sign of God touching you, go with the flow. Hallelujah. Allow God to finish his work. Let him perfect his work inside of you. See, all these things I'm talking about, you will never ever finish this transformational steps we are talking about. It's not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. As you move to the next level with God, you go through the same process. As you go to the next level, there's still uh, another point of transformation. As you go to the next level, so we are talking about transformation. What we are talking about on Wednesday is different from what we are talking about today. Are you with me? Because with God, there's always a continuous transformation happening. Hallelujah. So, let it be when these signs come to you that as the, you do as the occasion demand, for God is with you. You shall go down before me To Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what to do. Hallelujah! Never assume you know what to do. Never assume you know what to do. To bring transformation. You need to be consistently taught what to do hallelujah i i said i don't know whether it was this uh i said it last week here or some i said i i've never been a a general overseer i've never been a bishop before so i need somebody to teach me how to be a bishop i may have been a pastor before but being a bishop is a different thing do you understand what i'm saying so Every time there's a step you are taking higher with God and you need to be tutored. You need someone who will tell you what to do. Never assume you know what to do. One of the greatest mistakes Saul ever did was coming to a place where he, th- he thought, he, I've got this. Yeah. I know what to do. Remember when he went to the house of God for sacrifice and the priest was delaying, he decided to organize the sacrifice himself and that was the beginning of the end for him. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you become presumptuous, you move away from God's will. Never think that I know this. I've got this. I can do this. Says that stay there for seven days. Stay there for completion to happen. It takes seven days to complete the cycle. Let the cycle finish. Don't go before the time. Don't be prejudiced. Don't in a hurry. But he that has to be rich has an evil eye and is not guiltless. Hallelujah. Don't hasten the process. Allow God to complete his work. He who has begun a good work in you, he is faithful to complete, but you have to allow him to complete it. Okay, let's, let's finish. Let's finish. Verse 9. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him what? Another heart. You need another heart. Ezekiel 36. You need another heart. Somebody say, I need another heart. Oh, yes. You and I need another heart. Transformation cannot happen with this heart that you are carrying. Verse 25 to 27. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of what? Flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgment and do them. Hallelujah. So the, the process is very, very sequential, isn't it? I have to pour my word on you. The washing of the water by the word of God, isn't it? I have to pour my word on you to cleanse you. I have to clean you. Then I have to take the heart of stone. Give you a, take a heart of stone and put what? a heart of flesh in, then I give you a new spirit. Now the heart, when we say a heart, is not the muscle that pumps blood. The heart is your core, your likes, your dislikes, what you focus on, your, what is near and dear to you. It says, I will take the heart of stone and put a new one That heart is near and dear to God. Some of us, we we hug the heart of stone and say that I am not willing to give up. I like what I like. I will not allow God to change my core. But see, God needs to take the heart of stone away from you. The heart of stone resists God. The heart of stone, see, when stone meets water, do you know that stone and water? Water doesn't do much to stone. After rainfall, the stone giddigba. I'm not changing. Are you are you getting what I'm saying? So he needs to take that one out so that the new heart of flesh cannot respond to God. Then once your heart is taken, now I can give you my spirit. So he needs to change your core first before he puts a spirit inside of you. Hallelujah. And when the spirit is now inside of you, then you can, I can cause you to walk in obedience. The reason why you struggle to walk in obedience is because you are trying to walk in obedience with a stony heart. And it becomes difficult. When you have a heart of flesh, and the spirit of God inside of you, then you can obey the word of God. I pray for all of us that our hearts will be transformed. That God will take the heart of stone away from us and put a new heart of flesh. And that God will give us his spirit, a new spirit that can be moved and can be uh, uh, massaged by God himself. Hallelujah so that we'll be able to walk in his word and be obedient to his word. In the name of Jesus, stand to your feet.